traitor! Dare you tamper with forbidden knowledge? So soon after your sentence into exile, tis true what the book says. You can be free again. Perhaps not you yourself, but someone worthy of the privilege. You witness now the path toward salvation. You witness the rights, the one way to return to glory. Though in your case, I hardly think it possible. Yet, by the grace of the scribes, it is my duty to inform you anyhow. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going right, Jake. Feeling pretty caffeinated? Yeah, I'm really enjoying this cold brew. It is quite tasty. Yeah. Dave's gotten me cold brew in the past, so I'm trying to return the favor. It also lends a certain edge to the podcast. <laughs> How do you think it's going? Good, 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 good. good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a good game. Good game. Uh, so, what is the good game that we're talking about today? Today is... Uh... One of my favorites, The Long-Awaited Pyre by Supergiant. Oh, yes. I, I've been trying to get some Supergiant games in here for a while. Um, not, like, actively pushing for it, but casually suggesting it. We knew it was on the list. Yeah, right. it's it's hard to avoid them, because I feel in the gaming community, there's such big impacts, yeah. like with Bastion, Transistor, now Pyre. Yeah, they've really earned their keep, so to speak. And they're, they're one of those studios that don't really ship misses for me. Um there's a couple companies like that that are out there developing games that I always enjoy and I get hype about. Um, not always perfect, but this one's pretty good. Pyre, as you said, is a uh, it's a game only on Steam and consoles. You can um, it came out in 2017, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure exactly what to expect when I first saw it. Yeah, the trailer itself was kind of vague Mm -hmm. you knew that there was music like any other super giant game like this sounds cool but i don't i don't know what's going on right (laughs) you're like i'm glad there's still music that's good that's on the right course um but uh once we actually saw some of the gameplay it it got even like a little more weird for me because super giant does like you know kind of top down combat games things like that and this is like basketball or something yeah it became like a weird sports rpg Mm -hmm. because typically like in bastion you play as one character yeah in transistor you play as one character and then in the trailer for this you're controlling three characters you're like what what happened here and uh yeah the the gist of the game is mechanically it's you versus another team for most of it and um it's basically a sports game you're trying to dunk an orb that spawns in the center and the enemy uh pyre which will do damage to it and if you deplete its health then you win and if the opponent does the same to you then you lose that's the top level gist of it yeah the three on three basketball yes yeah it's a pickup game (laughs) Um, but that's just the top level obviously this is an rpg too and they add a lot to it um Starting out, the world is uh, very bright and like like Supergiant's previous games, hand drawn aesthetic, like a lot of bright colors, right? Oh yeah. Um, they drop you right into it, and uh, it has a lot of dialogue too, like right from the get go. Uh, try to pick you up to pace. Um, so you, when you start out, you play as an exile, and uh, your character is. Um, capable of reading, which is a bad thing uh, for the the people in universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so since you're literate, you were cast out. You were exiled from what was called the Commonwealth, 
which is kind of this uh, city and kingdom above where you end up, which is called the downside, right? Um, there are downsides. <laughs> at least like one. being in the downside. Yeah. Um, and but it's... the separation between the two, it almost, they make it sound like heaven and earth. Yes, yeah. Where you can't really ascend back to heaven through normal means. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, well, I'll just go back to that country. Yep. You're technically in a separate domain, and you can't get back up through the sky. Yeah. So the downside has its own inhabitants. It's like got uh, all of these... Um... It's got the native race of the, uh, the the pack imps, which one of them joins your party later. We'll get to him. Um, but in general, it's just, uh, it has different properties to it than the commonwealth above. Um, now, usually you'd be fine in this situation, but you're crippled. So <laughs> you're like, all right, I guess I need a little bit of help. And uh, it's not long before you, you run across your first set of help, right? Yeah. You have a wagon come along and with it, you kind of meet your first three companions. Mm-hmm. You don't really know their names yet. They're kind of masked figures who kind of pick you up. Yeah. And, and since you're just kind of there in the desert, you don't really have access to any water or anything. You've been there for a little bit. And they pick you up and help you out. And you meet Jodariel. Yep. Who is this massive lady who has horns. Yeah. And she has a very deep, calming, grovelly voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you meet Hedwin. He's a dude. <laughs> He's a dude. He's yeah. just a dude. Yeah, just That's a pretty guy. much true. He's a guy. Uh, his voice is more... I want to say, like, Italian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very silky in the way he speaks. It's mm-hmm. very calming as well. Yeah. And then you meet Ruki, who is a dog. He's a dog. And his voice is much more grating. A talking dog? <laughs> a talking dog, yeah. yeah. With his Let's little pass derivative. over the lady with horns, <laughs> yeah. with the talking dog. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they uh, basically reluctantly take you in a bit, and they're like, "All right, you can come along with us." Um, and they realize you can read, and they have a, a book, which turns out to be pretty important. The Book of Rights. The Book of Rights. Um, yeah, there's a whole thing with uh, uh, just quickly for Joe Dariel. Um, part of being in the downside one of the effects is humans can slowly turn into demons and that's what's happening to her that's why she's growing the horns it doesn't make her evil per se um but it makes her cooler yeah it is super badass actually <laughs> um but the book of rights uh details the process by which um what are they're called triumvirates they're basically these sports teams right uh, groups of three um can uh, battle out in these uh, arenas, destroy the opponent's pyre, extinguish it, and press forward kind of like in these these matches uh, towards um, a final right. What do you get from the final right? Why, are, why would people participate in these matches? So the, the goal of this is to succeed in the final right um, and achieve ascension, uh, basically, back from the downside to the commonwealth above. Because there's this, just a sea of stars uh, between you and the... Um, Commonwealth proper. Exactly. Yeah. It's literally through space. Yeah. Like when I saw this, I was like, I'm going to need a space helmet. going to need some, like an oxygen tank. Um, but no, that is the, the legend that if you succeed in these rites, then you'll be proven worthy by the, the scribes, which are basically the gods um, of the downside. And... Uh, ascended above out of exile and then the trick is uh, if you get back up there um, all of your crimes are forgiven so it's kind of like a it's a, it's a full pardon basically yeah if you've earned your way back it's like okay well that's pretty impressive you're good yeah <laughs> you get a pass yeah but there's more content to the game than just going fight to fight to fight to fight it's not just a bunch of loading screens and then rights and you fighting these other triumvirates right yeah, as you're going through with your team on the wagon, you essentially have to go across these hand-drawn maps to get from point A to point B, mm-hmm. but you have options of different routes to go along the way. Right. Where they'll kind of say, hey, if you go this way, you can maybe go fishing and get a possible bonus. Right. Or you can go somewhere else and get maybe a possible negative effect. But all these bonuses or anti-bonuses, because I'm <laughs> forgetting words, will actually interfere with your next fight yeah yeah 
So maybe you can increase your aura for the next fight or your overall stamina. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of the mechanics, right? In the in the actual fight, is you're since you're trying to run to the opponent's pyre and like lock that in. Um, each character has different special abilities, um, and one of these choices uh, might uh, improve that in some way. Yeah. So to explain some of the mechanics a little bit, you have your three characters. Mm-hmm. Each character has their own aura around them based on how much influence they have, and if an enemy walks into that aura they will die, essentially. Yeah. And they'll have some amount of time before they respawn at their home pyre. Yes. They're out of the game till then. Yeah. But thankfully, you, if your character is out of the game, you can switch to other characters. Right. Which you can do throughout the match entirely. Yeah. Whenever you want, you can jump from one character to another. The one downside, though, is if you pick up the basketball in the middle, yeah. your aura disappears. Yes. So that'll make you vulnerable to other people's auras. Because they can walk closer to you, but you can't walk as close to them. Right. Because you, you step in their aura, you're going to die, you'll drop the orb, they'll probably pick it up and start moving to your pyre. Exactly. It's kind of like if you're on the offensive, you can't be... If you're trying to score, you're not going to be taking their characters out at the same time. With the same hero, at least. Unless you're really good. <laughs> Unless you're really good. So, two things kind of around that is, let's say you're going to the enemy pyre, mm-hmm. you have the ball, your aura is gone. Yeah. A lot of characters can jump over to kind of clear that gap, and you won't take aura damage while you're in the air. Yeah. Uh, you also have the option to try and throw the basketball into the pyre. Yes. It's like a little bit less damage, I think, than a straight-up dunk, but yeah. it's still the right call, like if you land it. It is harder to do, though, and uh, the enemies have the option to jump and either intercept you while you're in the air yeah. or the ball itself. Exactly. So it's, it's pretty risky if they've got somebody sitting on their pyre, which they usually will. Like, like you know, other sports, you'll have a goalie-type defender. Also, if you're not holding the ball, you have the option to consume your aura and kind of shoot it out as a projectile. Right. Different characters might have different speeds or wits to their aura shot, mm-hmm. but then once that resolves, you will get your aura back. Yeah. But it's a good way to get people out of the fight who are further away or possibly running towards your pyre to score. Exactly. So it's kind of this this trade-off, right? You're always evaluating whether you should be more offensive now, uh, whether that's going to put you in a position where you lose. Or if you need to switch to another character, yeah. have them defend. You can pass the ball off from one person to another, but as soon as the other person catches it, uh, they're going to lose their aura because they're now carrying it. Um, which all just feeds into the mechanics on the heroes themselves, the actual participants and the right. Um, so to start off here, we've got... Uh, the people you encountered at the start of the game, uh, Jodariel, Hedwin, and Ruki. And uh, I'd, I'd say I probably use the second two a lot less, but uh, Jodariel is Jodariel's a boss. Yeah, I like her mainly because she has this, compared to other characters, this giant aura. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of just position her near the enemies and kind of use her as a buffer right. and kind of like block off a path. Because most characters won't be able to walk that close without taking aura damage and dying. Exactly. And different characters will have different uh, attacks with their aura. So um, Jadariel has a like a, like a line attack that goes like a, dis- a distance away from her. And it's really wide. Yeah. So you can use this to like intercept somebody who's coming up to like trying to run into your pyre. And it's pretty huge. slow too. Yeah. Because she is a larger character, so thematically, all of her abilities are a little bit slower. She's very slow. She has, like, a jump that's just like, ah, very slow, very short distance. Yeah, she's trying her best. But uh, to trade that off, if you get her all the way to the enemy pyre and she has the ball, uh, when she dunks, it'll do a tremendous amount of damage to their pyre, um, extinguishing their flame. Characters that are really fast, like Ruki, who's a, a dog who has these, like, dash abilities and is very fast, um, he does a lot less damage if he successfully gets the uh, the orb in. Yeah. But conversely, it's that much easier to get him in because you can kind of have him skirt around exactly. enemy projectiles or auras. So there's the trade-off. Yeah. Ruki also does have a line shot, but going with his speed, it's much narrower and quicker. Yeah. What's kind of nice, though, is you can shoot off a projectile and then switch to another character. Right. And as soon as you throw the, the orb, uh, your aura comes back. 
So there's actually a strategy where if you're coming up close to an opponent and they're going to try to uh, finish you with their aura, this is kind of advanced strats, but um, you can throw the orb at them, forcing them to catch it, which removes their aura. Your character now has an aura because they no longer have the orb, and then you just take them out of the game immediately. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of interactions like that where it's actually pretty pretty intense. Yeah, it's really fun to learn the mechanics. Sadly, I never mastered the mechanics. Yeah, I didn't either. Because there were a lot of these things that were happening uh, in real time. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's man, that's cool. Oh, I'm losing. I am losing bad. <laughs> yeah, time to fall back to the basic strats. Um, and then one last mechanic here is uh, if you manage to dunk in the enemy's pyre, uh, that character is out until the next score. So there's some exceptions to this. Uh, different characters have different abilities and they'll kind of like level up as you go through the game. Um, and you can pick more abilities and perks and things like that. But in general, if you dunk, uh, your character is out until the next score, be that on your pyre or you successfully dunk with the two people you have left. Yeah. So it's a nice way of balancing so that let's say you are taking the lead. You don't have to play down for a point. Exactly. Where it's two on three. But if you know what you're doing, it's not that much of an issue. Mm -hmm. It's just if you're going with one character as this is my main strat, I walk up Jodario and just dunk for massive points, you can't have her next time. Exactly. You won't have that on defense. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all this balancing act and trying to manage your resources and what the opponent can do. And it starts off with like fast characters, slow characters with a lot of defense and rapidly has a lot more complexity than that because there's a lot of interesting characters. Yeah, but we don't want to make it sound like it is hard to jump into. No. They do walk you up through it and teach you how to do all this. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot at first, but you do pick it up really quick. Yeah. And on normal difficulty, like as soon as you start picking up some of the mechanics, the first you know couple rights, they're not going to do anything absolutely crazy. Um, and you will have the same resources at your disposal that the, that the opponents have. Uh, but you can invest in your character's abilities, like I said, level them up. Uh, first one here, Headwind, he's a uh, a general, basically, before he was exiled for reasons. And uh, he has, like, support-type abilities, kind of make your team a little bit better. Um, but I didn't really use him that much when I played. I thought he was a guy. <laughs> yeah, I felt sim similarly. Um, I do like Jodariel's abilities a lot. Uh, she has a great opportunity to be very aggressive, mm -hmm. uh, depending which tree you put points into. Uh, when she lands a jump, she can actually stun nearby enemies and make them lose their aura for two seconds, which is kind of nuts. You can also like use the orb to chuck at enemies. Yeah. Instead of them catching it, they just get banished. Projectile weapon. Yeah, on top of her other projectile weapon. Yeah. So you could technically do your jump in a position, shoot off the aura... And then pick up the ball and throw it at somebody and take out two, two or three people. Yeah. Yeah, they've got this like skill tree system where some of your choices will probably lock other choices out for you. Um, you just won't have enough you know, points to get everything. So you've got choices to make how you develop these characters, and that helps develop them to your play style a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Another character who's really nuts is uh, that we have at this point in the game. Mm -hmm. Rookie. Yeah, dog boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's very maneuverable, and a lot of his one tree is being able to get extra jumps, which mm -hmm. we kind of mentioned before. You can jump in the air over somebody's aura, but he can also get a second jump and a third jump and overall become faster. Yeah. So he still won't score a lot of points when he goes in, but if you have him for a round, you can have him just fly over to the higher and kind of dunk it in, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> This is Airbud, basically. <laughs> it's very apt. How did I not make that joke already? That's yeah. very apt. Um, but it's not just your, you know, your starter squad you're stuck with. Like I said, um, you'll start to pick up some other characters. And one that I, I really uh, enjoyed um, comes in as this kind of. She's like a young teen girl. She's got like pale skin. I think she has red eyes. Yeah, if I remember correctly. And uh, she can't remember her past. She's crazy. Loves the scribes, loves the scribes, um, and can't remember her name. She just knows it, and it's like AE, right? Yeah. So this is one of the unique interactions in the game where you actually get to pick your name for the character. Mm -hmm. And you have like a list of 
I think 30 or 40 options that all end in AE. Yeah. So there's like Faye, there's Cray, there's May. Yeah. I specifically went with Bay mm-hmm. because of memes. Yes, naturally. Uh, what did you pick, though? Uh, I think I called her Tay, actually. There's a Tay in there. Oh, kind of like Taya from Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, something like that. There's also gay, <laughs> G-A-E, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Ha! Gay! gay. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you want to call me? I'm going to call you gay. <laughs> if I'm correct, it doesn't actually impact anything else in the game. It's just no. something you get to pick for the rest of the game. Yeah, like a lot of RPGs will have you completely... You can change the default name for a character. She does not have a default name. It's just name who sounds like A, you know. Um... So people just call her the Moon Touch Girl. So at this point, you have four party members in tow. Mm-hmm. And as you go to participate in the right, you still, as a triumvirate, only have three participants to choose from. Exactly. you got to narrow down the squad, right? Yeah. So at this point, I'd probably take out Hedwin, or yeah. myself, the Moon Touch Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Different play styles, but alas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my Moon Touch Girl wasn't literally Bay, like she was in your game. Yeah, but she was Bay. <laughs> she was your Bay. Yeah. Um, so this first, uh, this first right, um, you've uh, been uh, guided here by a, a voice that you hear um, as you began, like reading this book, the Book of Rights, and it's telling you to follow these stars that takes you up to where this first right happens. And there is you. You meet this uh, opposing team. Who are uh, called the adversaries, and they are your adversaries. They are, in yeah, fact, yeah. It's kind of it's a little on the nose. <laughs> a little on the nose. Um, and your team is the Nightwings, and uh, basically, there's a ceremony that has to be uh, prepared where each of you don your ceremonial garb, which are basically your team uniforms. Uh, you uh, create your symbol on the ground, and you pray to the scribes, um, uh, like. Starfall will happen in the background in the the night sky, and the uh, the camera will pan up, and you'll see uh, the screen will pan up. There's no camera, and you'll see uh, the stars uh, with a symbol through them, which is the pyre symbol. Yeah, which you'll see on the cover of the game or the soundtrack itself. Exactly, and I just get the tingles kind of like every time I see it because it's this this really cool setup. Another nice effect is when you go and look up at the sky and you see that. It's kind of like the loading screen, technically. Mm -hmm. And then the screen kind of collapses in from top and bottom, like you're closing your eyes as the ceremony is beginning. Yeah. So you act as the the reader, and you have control over the members of your team. They kind of say, like, hey, you know, we trust you. We'll do what you say. And you kind of... In universe, you're essentially playing this game with them. Basically, the idea yeah. is everybody else is doing what they want to do. You are determining the actions of the people on your team for the Nightwings. So each of the uh, teams that you go up against basically has one uh, kind of leader, and the adversaries have a leader who's just some guy. He's a jerk. There's yeah. Typically, the people you meet are not going to be friendly. But it's necessary to strive against them, right? You gotta constantly be proving yourself against these other teams. And there's a lot of other adversaries. They have different compositions. This first one's uh, mainly just some folks. I think I think that um, they'll start to introduce a more varied cast as you go on. Um, but, but all of your enemies' casts are still comprised of characters you can play as throughout the game. Yeah. So there's never going to be an enemy type that you do not get to use on your own. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that in some of the later fights, you don't get the type until after you've completed one fight yes. against them. But uh, that makes it that much sweeter when you unlock that moveset. Yeah, because you first go up against some people, you're like, I've never seen that. I don't know how to play against it. Yeah. But then you get to play as a similar style of character. You're like, aha, <laughs> I'm better than you. I will use this better than you did. And that's, that's always a rewarding feeling. So one thing I want to touch up on is we've always been kind of playing this off as a basketball game, mm-hmm. which it still kind of is, but this basketball game also has an announcer. Yes. The same voice that was leading you to the right itself is also essentially dictating the right yeah. and overseeing how it goes. So he is this booming voice from the sky called The Voice yes. in-game, uh-huh. and he will essentially announce the teams that are participating in the right 
and also each character that gets selected as a participant. Mm-hmm. So it might be Hedwin, Jodariel, or your specific Moon Touch Girl name. Yes. They've actually recorded a Tay. voice line for <laughs> Tay, mm-hmm. Bay, May, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> kind of nuts that you have all those variations. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually really cool that they put that level of um, detail into it because it would have been easy to just be like, and the moon touched girl, but they really, really wanted to sell whatever you choose to name her is what her name is. They actually like, I believe after you pick the name originally, it's just like, yeah, that's right. Like she remembers like, yeah, that's my name. Oh, yeah, I'm Bay. Yeah, whatever you name her, she remembers. What, what are, are you, gay? gay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man that's actually great um we could even cut us saying that and put in the actual clip (laughs) throwing it out there that's it's an idea it's an idea but i probably won't remember it's 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 not gonna be worth it after you've finished that right though whether you win or you lose the game continues yes and you begin your journey following the constellations as you discover more and more of the world That song brings me back. Oh, yeah. So as you're going along, you get to pick from uh, extra people along the way. Mm. And one of my favorites, absolute favorites, is this cute little drive imp named Tizo, mm-hmm. who's probably about like a foot in height. Is a very cute little fuzzy bat that has horns and eyes as big as the world itself. <laughs> and he communicates only through screeches, mm. which the dialogue will show as like, scree, scraw. Yeah, but if you mouse over it, you can actually see him. You understand what he's saying as these comprehensive sentences, exactly of his uh, feelings and thoughts on the situation. Which is just as an aside, one of the reader's abilities is you can read the thoughts of uh, characters around you, which might be related to the uh, underside, yeah, downside, 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 yeah. not Undertale, downside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, key difference. But some of his abilities, he can zip. And use little short bursts of stamina to make these very quick dashes, which is good for maneuverability. Uh, Instead of a projectile, his right-click ability is his aura becomes really big, Mm -hmm. and then he explodes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, obviously, he's going to respawn back at the pyre itself, but you can kind of, like, maneuver in and use that ability to kind of take out some enemies. Um, Also, instead of a jump... He has the ability to fly, which he can kind of go over some impassable terrain, and again, use it to go over enemy auras to score points. Yeah. He's another really fast, really agile character. Kind of expanding your list of options there, right? Um, Plays a bit different, has some different skills, and obviously he's really cute, so you gotta take him. Yeah, he's insanely cute. I was actually really hoping for Supergiant to make a plush Mm-hmm. of him for merchandise so i could purchase that and they eventually did and it is not cute at all it's terrible <laughs> scary really <laughs> yeah. but sometimes uh sometimes that art style doesn't transfer over exactly um, usually the the way the game kind of develops is as another uh, group of triumvirates uh comes up and you can fight against them um you'll encounter someone else to add to your team Um, that's not always the case, but it's usually the case. So by the time you, uh, kind of are approaching some of these, these final rights, uh, your team is decked out. You have so many options to choose from. Yeah. I think you get to a list of about nine that you can choose from. Yeah. So you can pick your favorite three and maybe ones will synergize together or suit your play style more so. Yeah. You're like, all right, let's do this. Let's work together. Let's get out of here. But you continue to round out that roster. And some of these characters you're picking up are very different. Like you've got Tizo, he's small, really fast, like we mentioned. Um, 
but uh, others are completely different races, um, such as uh, Pamitho, who is a, a bird person. She's a harpy, right? Pretty much just a harpy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of just her thing. Um, she's really fast. Uh, she can fly like great distances. She's got a move where she dashes forward and um, uh, is invulnerable when she does that. So she can kind of, as long as she makes contact with an enemy who's also not invulnerable, um, she'll take him out and you can kind of like charge through people, right? Also, interestingly, she does not have a circular aura. Mm -hmm. It's kind of jagged. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot about that. That's why I'm reminding you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. Um, And and yeah, she's got... uh, just a lot of mobility she as soon as i picked her up she joined my core frontline team they're just like yeah we're getting through this yeah she's a pretty versatile character and she like almost every character in this game seems to have a very calming smooth voice Mm -hmm. and her music is kind of more middle eastern themed okay and she it's just a really nice vibe yeah we'll uh we'll just take a listen but that's the theme that the harpies have for their their right Oh, hell yeah. And you fight against them. And there's a lot of musical variation in this game. Like, we're just scratching the surface here, really. Yeah. Um, It's really hard to cover everything for this game, because there's so much beautiful diversity in the art styles for the different areas, the characters and their theming, Mm -hmm. and the musical themes. Darren Corb really covered a lot of ground on this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that um, this is probably his best soundtrack for me so far like bastion was really good i like transistor i like bastion probably a little bit more and this one's just top notch if you could find a way to somehow blend those three soundtracks together mm-hmm. that'd be Ooh. oh that'd, yes i'd make all the money <laughs> i'd be sued so much <laughs> if we just ask silva gunner to uh yeah do it he takes requests i think silver silva if you're listening you know just drop drop a line we'll give you some tracks yeah, I don't think we can do that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> kind of moving along here, uh, you continue to explore the world in your your nice wagon, uh, moving from area to area, making your choices, developing your team slowly. They're uh, leveling up over time. You're developing their skills, and you're constantly pushing towards this uh, liberation at the end of it. You guys can make it out. But now that you have this advanced squad, you've got all the choices, developed abilities, who, car- who carries it for you? For me, uh, one of the big people was Bertrude, a character we didn't get to mention yet, but she's kind of like this bog witch. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about her is her projectile doesn't shoot out one thing. It shoots out like five or six lines, like a shotgun. Yeah. And you can actually upgrade it to go through impassable terrain. Yeah. So you can just go through and kind of clean up multiple people. She's got like a decent aura size too. Yeah, or and size she's is decent. Fast. And her shift, instead of like a jump, she can kind of like just slide yeah. through. There's a little slug oh. thing, speed slug. Thundersnail. <laughs> Thundersnail, yeah. Thundersnail <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's also on my list. Uh, who else did you get? Uh, Tizo for mobility. Okay. Or I'd maybe sub out for Rookie as well. Because mm-hmm. you need that quick person and just slam those points. Yeah. And the ultimate bay, Jodariel, because biggest aura in the game, and I tried to upgrade her abilities or get her a trinket yeah. to also upgrade her aura. So it could just be like this walking wall of death Yeah, and play off that. Yeah, you mentioned trinkets. Uh, kind of throughout the game, there's a shop you can visit, right? And uh, you get some money, and you can use that to, to buy up these trinkets that uh, improve your characters in some way or another. Yeah, usually it'll enhance a specific character's ability, or it might be something non-character specific, like you have a bigger aura, or you're a little bit faster, or your stamina regeneration is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's there's another way you can uh, complete a trial for each character 
to get them this kind of like ultimate trinket um, that is usually their top tier one. Like it'll it'll give them a very significant boost. And it's always character specific. Yeah. So you might do a trial for Rookie, and you might get a thing where, <laughs> excuse me, um, his projectile will actually, if it hits somebody, it will bounce mm, yeah. and go somewhere else. Yeah. They're they're really good upgrades, and the trials are always like you don't know how to play this character. You're gonna learn if you're gonna pass this because it's gonna be tough. It's kind of like a little practice mini, right? Mm-hmm. And once you prove you've proven yourself and you get that unlock, you're playing top tier with that character, which is a great feeling, honestly. Um, I'd say the other two on my team are the Moon Touch Girl, who we already uh, talked about. She carried me a long way through the game, and uh, Pamitha. So. You can kind of tell I already like favored a very aggressive lineup. Yeah, like those are all people with. Moon Touch Girl was my my dunker. She can run in. Eventually gets uh, unlimited stamina when she's holding the orb, um, and yeah, just exhaust everybody else. Run in and dunk, and then everyone else was backup squad and defense. Bertrude's like amazing defense because if they ever start to get on your half of the map, you can basically you just kind of shotgun anywhere, and it's like yeah. this will probably hit them. Yeah. So freaking good. And if everybody else has failed, she's the only one left. She has enough speed and mobility that if you can run, if you can manage to wipe out the enemy team is usually the strategy with her. Because she's really big. She's easy to take out. But if all of the enemies are dead, (laughs) they're all respawning, that's not a problem. Run forward and dunk, and it's a pretty high damage dunk because she's one of the larger characters. Yeah. Larger and slower, you're going to get more points from a dunk versus... Your quick characters, which I think kind of cap at around 15, typically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, the quickest ones make a very, very small kind of splash in the flame, but consistency is very important, too. You can I also like how they call it dousing the flame. Exactly, yeah. The uh, the voice actually will comment on like how the match is going, basically. So it's like, if you get wiped out, everyone on your team gets wiped out in quick succession, he's just like, ah, you guys suck. He doesn't say it like that, but paraphrasing right yes yeah he in more polite terms he says y'all suck yon team doth <laughs> sucketh <laughs> something like that <clears throat> and we'll say similar things if you're uh dominating the enemy team so at the conclusion of the right it'll, he'll he'll call out the result right he'll say like ah night wings have emerged victorious once more and i'm upset about this fact uh but he'll say with a resounding victory or if it's really close, he'll be like, and they almost lost because they suck. Um, so he kind of, he acts as the sportscaster, right? Yeah. He's a little bit antagonizing, but that's fine. Yeah. And kind of uh, another thing kind of coming off this Bertrude is she is one of the more sort of evil-seeming characters in the game. Or at least definitely not good. Like, she has... Uh, she literally lives in like a poison swamp, and it like she's makes a bog you witch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to come out and just say being a bog witch is bad. Like yeah, some of our listeners, cast, you don't you don't know these people, right? And I don't know if our listeners are bog witches. You know, I can't say one way or the other. But uh, she literally worships uh, kind of an anti god, uh, Yislash, and uh, Astralborn is its surname, and. She's, like, trying all of these rituals, things like that. Um, and what the, the Titans do is when you go to begin a rite, you can choose to activate their constellations. And there's a lot of these Titans. There's, like, ten of them. Each one that you activate will have a specific negative effect, like maybe the opponent's pyre has more, more health, health or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or your stamina regenerates slower or something like that. You have smaller auras. Enemies have larger auras. Uh, the advantage to activating these, as um, with many of Supergiant's other games, is that the rewards after you complete uh, a given rite are, will be better. Right? Yeah. It usually ends up being you get a higher percentage of character experience from successfully beating a rite. Yes. Which will allow you to get those uh, skill tree points faster. Yep. Get more skills. Max them out. Um, and then you also feel really awesome because you're beating the game on a, a harder mode, right? The uh, Titan, kind of tying this to the lore for a second, uh, a lot of the Titans that you can activate there, their constellations, their corpses are actually present in the world as you're uh, driving your wagon through. Like um, the body of Yislah 
uh, is its corpse um, is present in the world and basically this like mountain range and there's this dark smoke coming off of it as it like continues to deteriorate even though it was killed by these godlike scribes like hundred years ago or something um, which is awesome yeah it really helps the world building also I would like to mention uh, each of the scribes there's one for each of the different races you can essentially play as mm-hmm. so you'll have a small bat, kind of like Tizo. Exactly, yeah. You'll have a kind of demon like Jodario, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, they're really cool. They're basically the paragons of their, their kind that um, banded together and forged this way to escape the downside, um, which is awesome. Like, I, lo- I love the lore, the, the fact that it's there. Basically, as you progress through the game, the Book of Rights continues to... Uh, reveal additional passages and you can go back and read that to get an idea of why things how they be the way they be how they be what they do yeah how they be what they do yeah Um, it's one of those games where i always enjoy how long it takes mm -hmm. because it's probably not a terribly long game if you're just trying to beat it for the sake of beating it oh yeah if you skip dialogue real quick yeah similar to the witcher 3 as soon as you get journal entries for something and it's world building it's it's really rewarding to actually go in and get that little bit of extra detail of like, why is this happening? Or why is this here? Or like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And the world building they do that way or just interacting with the other characters. It does so much. Yeah. And I'm always going to be a fan of what are basically considered the gods of the current age being paragons who destroyed these immensely powerful creatures of the previous age right like that's just a cool world building concept and that's the case for each of the uh, the sages or the scribes um they each felled one of the great titans sometimes working together which is cool teamwork yeah it's important in a sports game (laughs) (laughs) that was a beautiful time kind of stepping back for a moment and looking at the game as a whole i mean we play the other super giant games right um i know that you beat uh, transistor we were talking about that earlier uh, we both played bastion uh, where do you think that pyre falls kind of in relation to those games a little bit of a bias because pyre i played and beat most recently mm-hmm. but i think for me it's it has to be the best one. Oh, that's strong it's Obviously, all of the games have great uh, music, mechanics, and gameplay, and story. But for me, I think it did the best marriage of everything together. Mm. I still really like Bastion musically, but I think mechanically it's the simplest. Yeah. Because you're either whacking on dudes melee, or you're shooting dudes. (laughs) Yeah. And it still feels great. I like the other challenges you can do with it, and specific weapon sets, and other things. Yeah, that was kind of their entry to this, and everything since then has been modifying their formula. Yeah. Um, and each of their worlds that they make is distinct, it's different. Uh, Transistor, all in computers. Bastion, and in this floating world of tiles that everyone just accepts. Um, and Pyre is a completely unique fantasy setting. Um, and I agree that the world building in Pyre is like the, the best they have. Like, the same way that you can interpret what Tizo's saying by mousing over his words. Every time, like, a proper noun comes up, they don't, like, take an aside and be like, here's a dialogue box that, you know, tells you uh, you can, like, hit OK and read through all of this. You just mouse over it. It gives you this little short blurb about it, right? Yeah. And that's really useful if you don't want to, like, bog down the pacing of a game because it's entirely optional. You don't have to look at the glowing text if you don't care and you just want to get back to sports ball. Yeah, I feel opt-in is best because when you have a game for people, certain people really like just going through for the sake of the experience. Other people really like taking their time and getting invested. Yeah. So it's really a nice trade-off for whichever one you want to do. So comparing this to the other games, they expanded the lore, but they didn't make it uh, too oppressive. They didn't make it absolutely mandatory. And they let you play the game like you, you would play the previous the previous entries. I say entries like it's a series. It's not a series. Well, <laughs> we're expecting them to continue to make more great games going forward. I hope so. But I need the music at least. Oh my god. If... I've bought every single soundtrack so far. 
and it's been oof, so choice. It's great to actually have in my car as tangible medium. Yeah, just blast it. I I love every single one of their OSTs. I mean, you guys have heard a sampling of the tracks up until now uh, from Pyre, and hopefully we get an opportunity to come back uh, do some talks about. Uh, some of the other games we'll see if we get around to the other super giant games yeah we'll see if our sponsors are will allow us to do that yeah super giant send us, <laughs> send us uh, whatever your next game is Please. we'll cover it we'll do a review, review for coffee, it yes. yep we never even do reviews but we'll make an exception just just for you guys <laughs> so what about you would you place pyre as your top as well or would you vote more towards bastion or transistor it's really tough oh it's, yeah it's it's, it's actually, not an easy question. It's actually really tough. I think I already said that I like uh, Pyre's OST the best. Um, I think uh, Darren Corb's just, like, he consistently improves upon his work. He adds greater variety and still has callbacks to previous entries in the series. Um, so he's constantly building off of that. That's amazing. The game, it's really hard for me to say whether Bastion had a larger impact on me than pyre did or not um but i think i also have to go with pyre just because they tried something completely different there's a lot of isometric games um there's a lot of you know fighting games shooting games things like that from isometric perspective they basically took a step of faith with a basketball type you know sports game yeah i think everyone is really hesitant when it came out for that reason it's such a shake-up of their meta which has been isometric single character story yeah uh, where your protagonist doesn't speak i mean that's your protagonist the character you play as technically doesn't speak right but it's really nice that they expanded the cast of playable characters and they're able to incorporate that much more story yeah i still hope they do more um, silent protagonist uh, just single character games in the future because mm-hmm. they've been crushing those oh yeah and I've honestly think I've probably teared up a little bit for each game yeah they uh, hit those emotional, emotional impact wise yeah they do it really well they really get you invested as a player which is beautiful yeah there's there's a lot more to the characters we obviously haven't gone into here um and part of that's purposeful like this game i if you haven't played it i want you to go out and pick it up and play it, at least on sale because if you have any interest in what we've said thus far pyre is pretty good yeah i say i say that for everything it's pretty good it's pretty good if it doesn't match at least pretty good then we don't really talk about it normally i'd say pyre's great we'll co- review <laughs> a shitty game one day yeah we've had some criticisms of some games and I mean, no game's absolutely perfect. There's definitely some points in this where the pacing feels like a little bit... Like, I kind of need to take a break, come back. But they've addressed it much better in this game, I think, than Transistor. Easily true. Um, And that's the mark of a great developer. If you can make mistakes, fix your mistakes, improve upon it for your next entry... That's what I keep telling my boss, but... (laughs) Yeah. Like... I need to make mistakes first. That's step one. <laughs> Dave, this is like 50 bucks. I know, and I'm improving. Don't worry about it. <laughs> someday someday you'll, you'll rank up as an exterminator. You can be a manager exterminator. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think this is probably one of the first episodes we've had in a while that's not going to go over an hour. Yeah. We've, we've actually not gone full spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, par- partially because it's really hard to cover... We didn't want to do a talk-through of this game because there's a lot that goes on in the plot. Yes. And additional characters and other things that happen. And part of it is... A lot of it is in the music as well. Yes. And it's hard for us to just shorten this down to, hey, here are a couple of snippets. Yeah. Because I would love to just sit with you for the first hour and a half or two hours (laughs) and just listen to it and then analyze all the music and then go into the characters. Yeah. There's a lot of content in the game and I think it should be experienced if you're looking to get a copy you can get on sale or maybe hit me up and i might <laughs> pitch in a little bit yeah. it is something i really want you to check out like all of the other games mm-hmm. but this is great story-wise music-wise art-wise i'm gonna stop because yeah. <laughs> we have to end the episode at some point where it's not just me yeah praising super giant and darren corp yeah just to touch on your point real quick this is one of these the music is amazing and this is one of those games where 
I actually don't recommend that you go off and you listen to the OST if you haven't played it. Even though the music's really good, experiencing it in the context of the game is that much better. So, um, if you're not going to play the game, go check out the OST, though. <laughs> yes, very good. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for sticking around to the end of another episode of Soapstone. Um, as always, you can like us on Facebook. The information for that is in the description. Uh, you can send us an email. Let us know if there's a podcast idea that you want to hear about in the future at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you guys. It's always awesome uh, when we get that feedback and we know that we're not just shouting into the void. <laughs> yeah, we'll occasionally get messages on Discord or a text or just like something on Facebook. And Jake and I work together. So usually as soon as I get him, like, Jake, look, we got a feedback. <laughs> yeah, he filters all of the really negative stuff out, so I don't get it. Jake has a very weak ego, so I don't want to shatter that on him. It <laughs> would be mean. It's like, you've had some better episodes. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Emotional damage. But it really does mean a lot to us. Yep, it's true. So, I wish everyone a good night, and we will see you in the next one. Yep, have a good one, guys.